today we talk about refusing the law. And just like last week, we need to establish a foundation of understanding before we look at our passage. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, I hope that you would, turn to Exodus chapter 12. We'll be using this as the foundation to look at Matthew 26 in just a little bit. Exodus chapter 12. If you did not know, Pharaoh was obstinate. He continued enslaving the Hebrews just as they had been for the previous 400 years. God heard the cries of his people and he chose Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, to let them be free from slavery in Egypt. When Pharaoh refused that request, God began sending plagues. There were 10 in in all. But he began sending plagues on the land that should have moved Pharaoh to relent and let God's people go. But instead, what it did do was it hardened Pharaoh's heart against God. The tenth plague would be the plague that killed the firstborn of the land, human and beast. And that would also be the plague that would cause Pharaoh to relent. In Exodus chapter 12, the Lord said, the, the people would have a new beginning when they were delivered from slavery. And, and that's not like stepping out on your front porch in the morning or saying, today is a new day. It's not like that. This, this is more significant. As, as God instructed them in verse 2 of Exodus 12, he said, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. So what was about to happen was so significant. God said, this will be the marker. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. Today is the beginning. This is the new year for you. Now, as you read through the book of Exodus, you cannot help but think of what we have encountered in the New Testament. And, and as I wrote the sermon, I just kept jumping because I see there's a foreshadowing here that points to Jesus Christ. And we just need to keep making those connections. So here's my insertion of the foreshadowing. Salvation should be a new beginning for you as well. We should not go back to the same old living It should be brand new. When Jesus delivered you from your sins and gave you life in him, you were given a new beginning. You literally came from dead to life. That marks a new beginning. That new life is reconciled with God and you're covered in the righteousness of Christ. Now, as we go back to Exodus 12, in all that was happening here, Ultimately, God delivered his people through the death of the firstborn. 
to be the firstborn of the animals. This is what caused Pharaoh to relent. Firstborn of his children, that would cause him to relent. But God also saved his people from the plague by the blood of the perfect lamb. Here's another insertion. 1,200 years later, God would deliver us from slavery unto sin through his only son. And he would save us through the blood of his lamb. We can't separate those events. God is showing us in the Old Testament what he will do in the New Testament. Well, as we go back to Exodus chapter 12, which households did God spare in that day from that plague? Simply put, only those who obeyed his instructions. Well, let's look at the instructions. This is Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head and its legs and its inner parts. And you shall not let none, and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In the manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. To summarize that real quickly, they are to go out and they are to get a lamb without blemish. They are to care for that lamb for four days. And at twilight, they are to slaughter the lamb. They are to take some of that blood and they're to mark their house. And God said, when I come in with that last plague, if I see that you're marked with the blood of the lamb, I will pass over you you'll be spared. Well, there's no surprise. It happened exactly how God said it would. So God commanded them to celebrate the Passover on this day 
every year for all generations in remembrance of what God has done. Here's another insertion. Who will God save today? And I would say it's the same thing, only those who obey his instructions, which means we don't look to the world about how to go to heaven. We don't look to the world about salvation. We don't look to the world about how to be reconciled to God. We look to God's word. What does he say? How is that accomplished in us? God said this, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. A confession is a verbal agreement. It's outspoken. And and basically what you're saying is, I acknowledge that he is Lord of all and of my life. And I do that in front of other people, bearing testimony to my belief. This is where we understand the spirit of surrender. You'll often hear surrendering your life, surrendering your heart, giving your heart, giving your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is what it means because he cannot be the Lord over your life if you do not surrender your life to him and his authority. We must follow his instructions. God also says that you have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That is believing that the Bible is true through and through. It's believing that that Jesus Christ, the, the Son of God, sacrificed for my sins. It's believing that he overcame death for my salvation. Because that's what God recorded in his word. I believe it. And by trusting in God's word alone... By grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Listen, God alone will save you. Just as he did in Exodus chapter 12. With that foundation, we can move to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom." We're 1,200 years after Exodus chapter 12, after the Passover. Every year, the Hebrews, God's people, celebrated Passover, remembering what God had done, how he delivered. And so as they gathered here, 
as they entered into Jerusalem and they're celebrating the Passover meal, the disciples were there with Jesus. They were eating the meal just like they did every year. They prayed the prayers together just like they did every year. They recounted the story of how God miraculously delivered the Israelites from Egypt the same way year after year. And then Jesus refused the law. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that he became rebellious against God, for he certainly did not do that. What I am saying is, is that he gave the old law new meaning. It's changing. As of this moment, something will be different that you would celebrate annually hereafter. Matthew 5.17 says Jesus fulfilled the law. So he's not rebellious to it. He's the completion of it. He did what no man could do. Before the 1,200 years, the 1,200 years before, the unleavened bread reminded them of that meal, that last meal that had to be prepared in haste as God delivered the people from Egypt. Jesus took that bread and, and he broke it before them just as they would every year. And he passed it among the disciples And as he gave it to them, he said, take, eat, this is my body. Well, now this is different. There's new meaning to what they've always done. Jesus was speaking metaphorically, which means the bread did not somehow become his flesh. And so you, you now eat my flesh. There are some faiths today that believe that when you take the bread and you put it in your mouth, it transforms into flesh. That's not what happened. Jesus never taught that for he was still there. This is my flesh. It's representative. It's a symbol. Well, this should have reminded the disciples as we looked last week that Jesus proclaimed to be the bread of life. And likely... They didn't remember that. But this was just another piece to a mysterious puzzle that one day would be made clear. The bread was broken, divided among the disciples at the table. And just shortly after this, the bread of life would be broken at the cross of Calvary for all people. Jesus prayed again and he gave the disciples the cup from which they were to drink. He said, this is my blood. Now, there's nothing unusual about giving the cup and saying we're going to all drink from the cup. They would have done that every year. But now he's saying this represents the blood, my blood, of the new covenant. Not the one that we've celebrated for 1,200 years, but one that begins now. Before this time, there were four cups in the Passover meal. 
And those four cups represented the four promises of God to his people in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Real quickly, the first cup that they would drink from was the cup of sanctification. God promised to bring them out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and make them a great nation. The second was the cup of deliverance where God promised to rescue them from that final plague. The third was the cup of redemption, which is the first cup that would actually be drunk after the meal. And that was the promise, the promise of redemption that he would save them through the blood of the lamb. And it's believed that it was that third cup that Jesus was holding at this moment in Matthew 26 saying, this is the blood of the new covenant in me. The fourth cup was the cup of praise because God promised to take them to be his people. Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. In other words, from here forward, when you get to the third cup, that cup of redemption, remember that salvation is purchased through my death. Well, here's another clue for them that he is going to die. He's told them this. He's taught them this, that he will die. He must be crucified. And here he is reiterating it once again. Now, in the old covenant, the Israelites were required to obey God. And when they obey God, God would provide for them and he would protect them. But here in the new covenant, God becomes the only source of salvation. Offered through Christ's perfect obedience. So what does it mean to take of his body and blood? We looked at a passage last week that that was terribly misunderstood. That when Jesus taught this before, that many disciples turned away from him, never to walk with him again. That when he taught this before, it was the last straw. It's a difficult teaching. Who can understand it? As the disciples asked. Well, since Jesus was speaking metaphorically, we must not interpret it literally. John 6.35 says this. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Therefore, to take of his body then is to come to him. And to take of his blood is to believe in him. He provides everything that we need for salvation. Verse 29, Jesus said, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Why would he stop at this point in in the celebration of Passover and not drink the cup of redemption? Why is he saying, I'm not going to drink of this cup again until we're all collected in the kingdom of God, the new kingdom? Well, we could say this, 
that newly defined redemption that Jesus just told them about has not yet been purchased. So he can't drink of the new redemption if he has not yet provided for the new redemption, which would happen in just the next day. He also would not be able to celebrate with them because the next year he would not be physically present. He will be already have been ascended into heaven to be with his father one day to return. So from here on out, he would not be with them at Passover to say, hey, let's have the Passover meal. Jesus, however, someday soon will lead us as his followers at the marriage supper of the Lamb in the new kingdom. As we're gathered around, he will lead us in drinking the third cup of redemption because it's completed. And he will lead us in drinking the cup of praise because we have all been gathered just as he promised he would. We will be gathered in the new kingdom in his presence for all eternity. And that's worthy of praise. The long celebrated Passover, 1,200 years, remembered how God supernaturally delivered his people and foreshadowed the Lamb of God who would die for the sins of the world. The newly defined Lord's Supper announces that God's great work is accomplished through Jesus Christ alone. And you're invited to come to him and believe in him for salvation. If you and I were able to go back in time, some 6,000 years, we find ourselves in Egypt, we're among God's people, And God sends word that he is sending a plague throughout the land. And only those who are marked with the blood of the lamb will be spared. Would you today be spared? Are you marked with the blood of the lamb? Or would you receive the wrath of God? For there are only two options. You will either be delivered or you will receive the wrath. And things have not changed today. There's not a middle ground. There's not the gray area between God's perfection and our failure. There's not this big green area of there's some that are good, some are better than others. That doesn't happen. You're either marked with the blood of the lamb or you're not. You're either a follower of Jesus Christ or you're not. Well, we can't go back 6,000 years. But here's what we can do. We can look at God's word. And you know what he did say? I am coming back. And I want to take you, speaking of his children, those who follow him, I will take you to be with me for eternity. I will judge all the world. And I will separate those who are mine and those who are not mine. But the thing is, we don't know the day and we do not know the hour that this will happen. 
We might have clues that it's coming. And I promise you today, we're one day closer than we've ever been in all of history to God's return. But are you ready? Are you marked with the blood of the lamb today? Because he is coming back. Will you be spared if you believe Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried, that he overcame death, that he invites you to come to him, would you respond to him in love and say, I've been around the people of God, but I've never been marked by the Lamb of God. And I want to give my life to him now. I want to confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not only the Lord of all, but he's Lord of my life. I give him the authority in my life. He's now my boss. And he will mark you with his blood. We're told in Colossians that we're covered in Christ. We're covered in his righteousness. In 2 Corinthians, we're told that he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. We're covered in his perfection as our imperfection is removed as far as the east is from the west. Are you covered in the perfection of Jesus today? If he were to come back today, would he pass over you? And spare you his wrath. I can't make that decision for you. Your parents can't make that decision. Your spouse, your friends, they can't make it for you. This is only you and only me who can stand and say, I understand. I understand what's hanging in the balance here. And I must follow God's instructions to receive God's promise. Well, thank the Lord, it's not dependent on my obedience, but Christ's obedience. Do you know him today? Do you know him that way? Do you believe his word to be true through and through? And have you responded to him in love? That's our invitation this morning. We know he's coming. Today we can be ready. If you are ready, would you use this time to celebrate what God has done for you? Remember the cross Remember the suffering that he took on your behalf. Remember the promise that you're experiencing even today. That he would never leave you, never forsake you. That he would give you the spirit of God who now would dwell within you and guide you and teach you and help you remember everything that he's taught you. That he will equip you to do what God said to do. If you rely on your flesh like I did yesterday, it's a toss-up of whether I'll be obedient or not. But if I rely on the Spirit, God will be glorified. And I pray that is true for you.
I'm going to ask you to stand as Ryan and Mike come to lead us in a time of worship as we respond to God's glory, his invitation. Let's pray together and respond to him in love today. Heavenly Father, there are no words that would even come close to what you've gone through to offer us a free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. We are not deserving of that. We did not earn it. Yet you loved us so much that you gave us the perfect lamb who died for us. And by his blood, we are saved. Lord, I pray that we would receive the invitation that you have for us today, that we would respond however you're leading us right now, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's sing together. Come as God leads you.